Tara. I'm Ryan. We love Disney movies. So we decided to watch them all, from Snow White to Frozen 2 and beyond. Each episode will watch a different Walt Disney Animated Studios film and tell you all about it. Did we like it? Does it hold up? Who's our favorite hero? Or villain. We'll give you history and fun facts about each movie. And sometimes we'll invite our friends to watch along with us. So put on your tiara. Or your evil crown. And join us on our adventure. This is Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. Feel the rhythm. Feel the rhyme. Get on up. It's podcast time. Cool runnings. <laughs> Hello, fairy tale friends, and welcome to a uh, mini tale. I guess we all know what movie we're doing today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we we wanted to start this up for a couple reasons. It was funny turning on Disney Plus. It was like, do you want to check out the winter sports collection? Yeah, or I think the... it was just sports. Oh, just yes. sports. The mm-hmm. sports collection or the uh, black voices or stories collection. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I think we're good for what we want to watch in either one of those. And we did 1993's Cool Runnings. So yeah, so this is a movie that uh, Tara has claimed has claimed to have seen fifty times. You think? Maybe I don't know. It's a lot. I've loved this movie since I was a child. I've quoted it since I was a child. It's uh, I we own a physical copy of this movie as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've watched it on Disney Plus many times. I've talked about how when I'm not feeling well or recovering um, from procedures or surgeries or things like that, I have certain movies I gravitate to. This is in that list as well. I have seen it significantly less than you, but it's also a movie I felt like I've seen quite a few times. I think you've seen it with me a handful of times. I think I've seen it before that. Like, this was 93, so I think it was like, you know... Well, first of all, this is, at the time, Disney's highest grossing live action movie in the box office i read it was something like over 150 million which i feel like that might be a like again these are sometimes hard to do because of like re-releases and sometimes yeah they say it's that just with, what popped up when i was yeah. searching for the movie i didn't do a, a deep dive into the but numbers. i did see that though. this was like a big success and i it, you know it's a sports movie it's a feel good it's a disney movie so i feel like mm-hmm. it kind of may have been in rotation at my house a little bit. I don't know that we owned it, yeah, but probably I, on Disney Channel. It would play on TV. Anytime it was yeah. on TV, I would watch it. Yeah. Um it it's hard to say like I, I know you have a lot of like thoughts and, and like personal connections to it. Mm-hmm. I don't really have like ones that I can think of per se. It's just one of those things that has just existed. Yeah. Like I kind of feel like maybe I saw it in theaters. I I have a distinct memory of I know I saw it with my parents for the first time. I don't know if that was in theaters mm-hmm. or on TV, if it's 93, I would have been about 12. So we're getting to that time where it's like, we're probably seeing a lot more movies in theaters. Like, I'm old enough to see movies in theaters, but I'm not really just being let go on my own mm-hmm. yet. So that was probably, probably some of it. Um, watching it again, I, I like it a lot. It's, it's great. It's really it holds good. up. I, it's feel good. It makes me cry every time at the end. Yeah. I'm always tearful. And we're, we realize we're at the end of the uh, Winter Olympics, I believe. Are they over? I believe they finished... Yesterday. As we're recording, they were fin- they they're done. Yes, so we they just, just finished. When when this comes out, we'll ha- they'll be they'll be done for about a week. But you know that's how the schedule lined up. We thought it would be cool to do that. Um, we also you know kind of wanted to open this up in a mini tale way to what I'm referring to as the Disney Sports Collection. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got everything from like Remember the Titans and Miracle, more of like Mighty serious Ducks. stories. And we've got Mighty Ducks and Rookie of the Year and the Goofball ones. Mm-hmm. So we'll start seeing more of those down the line as, as, as we go through this. But um, this one of the things when we started watching this, a lot of questions you had, Tara, yeah, was like how accurate it was. 
Yeah, well, I read an article because there was a bobsled team this year in the Winter Olympics mm-hmm. for Jamaica. And so I was reading that article and they said that the movie took liberties. So then, you know, that's kind of where my head was as we rewatch this. I've never thought about that is, oh, how accurate is this film? You know, the story they're telling versus the actual story. And so you were able to find some differences. Yes, there's there's quite a few differences. Yeah. It's, the story is 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 very fictionalized with like you know uh, a bunch of Jamaican sprinters not making it in but still wanting to get to the Olympics. Mm-hmm. That's not really part of it. What happened was there was a businessman. Let me look it up real quick. George Fitch, who was the commercial attaché for the American Embassy in Kingston from eighty five to eighty six, was the one who suggested that they should join the Winter Olympics. Okay. And it was that was it. It was just kind of an idea of a diplomat to be like, well, you've got all these great. Um, athletes, but you're only really competing in them. And I think in the movie they say like sprinting, boxing, boxing and cycling, cycling, like mm-hmm. all the ones about speed and well, in summer, and not f- nothing to do with winter, right? So he said you've got all these athletes; they should work in other in other sports. You should join, you know. And it's th- there's a lot of this movie. You know, the German team is very much like you don't belong here, Jamaica, <laughs> and like I think there there was the Olympics are kind of a place where. Everyone comes together and just is very celebratory of that. We'll get to that in a second. Yeah. But that's what this guy was saying. He's like, we should put Jamaica out there. You know, there's a little bit of the Olympics that's like essentially commercials for countries and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's the things that they're, you know, when you uh, uh, talk about your country to other, I- I- on a global stage, you're talking about their, their what they do in the Olympics, stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so they said, let's do Winter Olympics. And he saw, so the part about the push cart uh, turn, uh, race was real. The he, push cart champion in yes. all of Jamaica. He saw in, a push in the movie. In the movie. He saw Senka. a push cart uh race and said, Well, we should try out for bobsled. And that's kind of how they got started. Yeah. There was a similar thing where they had a really hard time finding people to get on board for it. But they did. They found four people for uh, uh the four person bobsled. Two of them actually competed in the two person bobsled that year. Um and those two became the first Jamaican Winter Olympians. In 1998's Winter Olympics. 1988. 1988, excuse me. And yeah, that's the story. Is just And also we should say no coach. So John Candy's There was a coach, but it but wasn't, it him. wasn't yeah. him or that story or anything like that. Right. The other d- d- main difference we saw, and I don't know if you saw why this was, is the names were all changed. Those names are all fictional of each bobsledder. So it's Sanka yes. Coffee. It's... Yul Brenner, Yul Brenner, Darius Bannon, and Junior Bevel, and then the coach is Irving Blitzer. So those are all fictional names. And there's more than just four people on the team. They, they one of the scenes they call out as a difference is in the movie. It's just they show the Jamaica team is just the four bobsledders and coach carrying the flag, carrying the flag. But in there, they had like a full complement of like their mechanic or their in- the people who were like working on the bobsled and backup bobsled yeah like their alternates like and stuff yeah and th- the the team that originally started was Dudley Stokes, Devin Harris, Michael White and Casewell Allen although i believe Allen was replaced with Chris Stroke Stokes uh due to an injury that Allen uh <laughs> Chris Stokes who was the brother of Dudley Stokes who was on the team in in Calgary? This is really cool. Alan Fellon was injured. That part isn't cool. But Chris, who was just there to support his brother, they're like, "Get on the team you're in." Hmm. <laughs> so he became the uh, fourth man for their bobsled team. 
So yeah, it's 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 they kind of took the idea and changed it. The crash still happened in real life. In fact, the footage you're seeing of the crash that's shown on the television that isn't the close up like very cinematic parts of it is the actual crash. Mm-hmm. He used apparently a lot for that television footage is a lot of just footage they took from the 88 Olympics since it's only like five years earlier. Yeah, and you time. had mentioned as well that the crash was not a malfunction of the sled as they portrayed in the film. Mm-hmm. In the film, you know, they don't really have the money. They come without a sled and they kind of get this favor given to them to get a training sled for cheap. And so the idea is, you know, one of the bolts or whatever comes loose and mm-hmm. that's what causes the crash. But in real life, it was you know, one of many things that could happen. Right. Like elements, they variables. They hit a turn wrong, something yeah, like that. And but that's it wasn't why like they a specific thing they, they, yeah. they said it to. And then when they get up, and I feel like we're jumping ahead on this. I just want to talk about the differences. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the, the, what happened was they did say, we're going to finish this race and they got up. Now they pushed the sled instead of carrying it. To cross the finish line. And what kind of inspired the idea for this movie and the story was... Everybody started clapping for them because... Which is where I sob. This is where Tara sobs every time. Because apparently everyone was very welcoming of them. Which was another big difference yes. in this. They they show that even... It's the East Germans that are uh, the rudest to them and the is most specifically unkind. specifically East German? I believe so, yeah. I guess yeah. the wall hasn't come down at this point. Uh, yeah. I, th- I think that that's... Yeah. Um, however, everyone there is kind of standoffish. Even, like, the nicest of the people. Yeah. No one's, like, going out of their way to be friendly with them. Well, they also portray it as a very, like... You watch this movie, and the the Jamaicans are the only black actors there. Yeah. And that's not necessarily true. They, they talk about when they went, they weren't the worst team there. Mm-hmm. There was teams that they beat in some in some issues. I mean, they weren't a good team. They were getting they were like in thirty something place. But again, but they were going- of like New Zealand and other people who are like tropical climates in general. New Zealand, I think, has like snowy mountains and mm-hmm. stuff. But I, you know, they I think there was an Ecuadorian team. I'll take a look again here in a sec. But like they were oh. Uh Portugal, US Virgin Islands, and Mexico were mm. some of the other people they were ahead of. Well, and again, it's about representing your country more than anything else, mm-hmm. which is, I think, you know, that's a similarity of, of what right. they talked about. But so, yeah, it's like they're like in the movie, it's, you know, probably a, a, a partly, you know, in general, the higher tier teams in the Winter Olympic tend to be the very pale skin countries. The and the ones that, countries, that yeah, have winter yes, a good amount of the year. That's that tends to be how pigment works like the more tropical climates and closer to the equator are the dark-skinned ones so that makes sense but for it to be just solely white people in this movie and just the four black actors is a little a little messed up um they also uh part of the reason this story took off was because that year the americans hockey team kind of got kicked out a little earlier than expected and apparently broadcasters went well we need to fill time so they kind of attached themselves to the jamaican bobsled story Mm. and so that's why it kind of became this thing that people knew about and you know five years later they're making a movie about it well and as we were watching i had some other questions that ryan looked up as well i was curious where they filmed and they did film exclusively in you said jamaica and calgary Mm mm-hmm uh, they actually filmed all the Calgary stuff first because of what time of year they filmed. Oh, okay. So all that, that stuff sense. was first to, to take 
advantage of the winter months and then they went to Jamaica which to me feels like a better shooting schedule because yeah, you get to Yeah, then end going in the other way, yeah. Well, that's like one when thing. they all showed up and were freezing, they yes. went from warm to cold. That is my favorite <laughs> shot in the whole movie where they follow them out of the airport but then you realize they're only following John Candy and then it goes back and it's it's the, the four, four of, of them. them just standing there looking out into the cold. Yeah. They did say I read that it wasn't negative 25 like it said on that sign in Calgary, it was about mm-hmm. 16, which was un- still below freezing and able to do the Olympics, but like a little unseasonably warm. For that area. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is wild. Uh, I also was curious which actors were of Jamaican descent versus ones that maybe were doing a Jamaican accent of the main four. And I don't know if you found that out. You said Dougie Doug. Dougie Doug is not. Dougie Doug... Uh, he might be of Jamaican descent, but he but does, does not, not have, have that accent. accent. Yeah. So it doesn't say. I mean... Okay, I was just curious. I mean... I'd have to really dig into all these guys. To each individual. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, they all just say... Uh, so Dougie Doug is Jamaican. Okay. His father was Jamaican. Oh. Um, you want to hear an interesting thing about Dougie Doug? Sure. In 2015, he revealed that he still had his uh, egg... So I've got a fun thing. Because they're made of rubber. Well, I've got a fun fact about the egg. Uh, We'll post this article in its entirety on the Facebook page. But um, there's a couple different quotes by several of the bobsledders. And they say, you know, we just hope that we've done everybody proud. I mean, there's a lot of people supporting us. There's Jamaican, non-Jamaican. Everybody loves Cool Runnings is supporting us. So they were talking about this year about how... People were interested in them at -hmm. the Olympics because of cool runnings, even though they've had winter teams since this one. Uh, But one of the push athletes, one of the push, I don't know if that's the official name of the bobsledder who's... Pushing? Yeah. I mean, they're all pushing. They refer to him as a push athlete, so I don't exactly know. But uh, his name is Matthew, and his last name is W-E-K-P-E. He even carries a plastic egg with him and features it prominently in his Instagram profile picture. So I will be following him after this. Well, the real one was rubber, which is why it still exists. Oh, that's interesting, (laughs) too. So that's Dougie Doug still has it, I was saying, in 2015. Yeah, I love that. So uh, one more quote from this article that I found interesting is, Our big plan for 2026 is to qualify for four events, two teams per event, and to have someone on the podium in 2030. So they're really thinking ahead. Uh, this is Jamaica. Like, this is their, like, thought yeah. process, which I think is very cool. Um, and Chris Stokes, who was a member of the 1988 team mm-hmm. and is now the president of the Jamaican Bobsled Federation, said in an interview with the Daily Mirror. So he's the one who, that that's his big vision yeah. for Jamaica and Jamaicans, which I think is awesome. So you were also saying, like, because we kept talking about, like, are people upset because this isn't a really accurate depiction, blah, blah, blah. Well, I meant, like, the other Olympians. Like, were they upset that they were kind of shown in a poor light? Well, I think you also said the the athletes who weren't, you know, it's not them, it's someone else. It's it's not their name. Yeah, I I thought it was weird that they changed their names. Well, I pointed out that this was during the, the, when they're trying to make money to go and they're, like, singing and doing the kissing booth and everything, which didn't happen. They just got paid to go. Um, Some people (laughs) say, you know, you can't believe. Jamaica, we have a bobsled team. We have the one Darice and the one Junior. You'll Sanka. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll get into your connection to this in just a second. But um, 
Uh, they t- you're talking about this in this article and other places. They love this movie because it makes it very easy for them to fundraise for the Jamaican bobsled yeah. team when they go. I actually I don't know if I said this earlier. They fielded a, a their first Jamaican women's bobsled team in 2018. Yeah, that's awesome. It's really um, exciting. So our connection to this, Tara and I went to Jamaica for our um, honeymoon. We went on a like was essentially like the Jamaican bobsled like weird roller coaster thing. Yeah, it's supposed to kind of feel. Yeah, but it's like, like you're in a bobsled. It's a suspended like one track roller coaster. Yeah, and thing. I will post the picture of that because that's probably like a top five picture of me of all time. <laughs> you were so happy. <laughs> but like part of the reason we went there is, I mean, I we both were like, ooh, let's go to Jamaica. And I think in Tara's heart of hearts. I wanted to go somewhere tropical. to go somewhere tropical. Yeah. Tara's heart of hearts, she was like, ooh, cool runnings. In my head, I was like, ooh, James Bond. There's like a big James Bond Jamaica connection. Dr. Yeah. No. Um you know, uh, well, and that's where he originally wrote the books. Yes, and things so there's like stuff that. like that. So uh, we went; it was wonderful. But I recommend every everybody morning, go to Jamaica. Hold on, I need to get this out because just, you need to be called out on this. Because every called morning, out. called out every morning, I would wake up to rise, rise and shine. shine. It's butt whipping time every morning of our honeymoon. <laughs> that's what I was greeted to, and I thought, <laughs> "Have I made a terrible mistake?" No, I didn't think that. Um, um, Jamaica was magical. I don't know how else to describe it, but I suggest everybody go. Uh, the other thing that we there's so many things to love about the country, about the island, but the people. I think this movie portrays that so accurately. The there is this energy that I don't even know that I can describe, but the people, no matter where they're coming from economically, whether it's like people who are, no matter, I yeah. we interacted with people from mm-hmm. different areas. We, did. And we went outside the, the resort. I will say we spent a lot of time in an all-inclusive. We did. So we may we, not have seen a completely accurate picture of the, of the, of the country or really experienced some of it. I do think True. you're right about the people. Though. I feel like we interacted with a lot of different people in a lot of different walks of life. Mm-hmm. Um, both not while we were on the resort, but I think especially when we left the resort. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know how to describe it, but there's just this energy and there's just this positivity that I like want it to bottle and like remind myself when I came back here. And that like... It's just a different attitude. Yeah. Like, and at one point, someone's saying, like, you know, island time and island life. But mm-hmm. it, it's, like, much more than that. And I don't know that I can accurately describe it or talk about it because I don't live there. But there's something very specific of a feeling. I also want to make sure that us as two white people on a podcast aren't misrepresenting an island where there are significant socioeconomic oh, issues. Oh, 100%. Yes. And we... Inter- I'm not prepared to go into that today. Yeah, but it's something I think if if you're you know if if you're looking at it, it's a great place to go to all inclusive. It's also something you should look up and do a little more research on about some of the issues of of the island because it's not perfect. Yeah, I more so just wanted to get across the spirit of everyone who lives there, right. and I just don't know that I can do that accurately. But there was something so. I don't know. I was very taken by it, and I don't know how to like accurately get that across. Well, we both come from states, New Jersey and Texas, that I think have significant issues, and we're both very proud of those places. And I think when we see another place that has significant issues but has a, a pride of the people there, that's an exciting place for us. And Jamaica, I think, has that, where they understand they, they're very proud to be Jamaican. They're very proud to where they're from. It's not perfect, and there's issues, and I think that's something that attracts us. And I think this movie represents that very well, uh, specifically when they're trying to get there. Like, there's that whole um, subplot of of Doris, 
He's the he's the yes. driver. Yeah. Yes, he wants to be the Swiss team. Yes. And then they come around and and uh, Senka's like, I don't know how to be. He's like, the, the the best I can be is Jamaican, and yeah. I can only be Jamaican. I can be this, this, and this. And I think that's something that like was exemplified when we went to Jamaica. A very big pride for their their the where they live, no matter what. And I think it's a, a great um, message to have in the story of like the pride of where you're from and to understand that it's, you know, it, it is what it is. And it's also, it's also good to be, have pride for where you're from. Yeah. And I like that. There were two things that on this rewatch I really liked a lot. That was one of them. And then the other one was, I mean, we're kind of jumping all over the place. I don't know that we're going to go start to finish to this one. If, if you're like us, this movie has just kind of loomed large and existed mm-hmm. in, in, in your consciousness for a while. Yeah. Um, so I, 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 and, and I feel like we kind of walked through the, the whole idea at the beginning, but there's the coach, Bl- coach Blitzer, who is played by John Candy. His whole story is he cheated and lost his gold medals as a bobsledder and became a book. He weighted his sled, which you read something about weighted sleds. So they encourage you to weight your sled. They don't encourage you, but they say, well, they, I mean, it would they, go faster. They weigh your sled and then they weigh your people and then there's a maximum Oh, and interesting. And they can go, you can put more weight in your sled if you want to. So, like, if your people aren't heavy yeah. or your, slate, they go, your you sled is lighter sled. than someone else's. I think the implication here is that he was above the weight limit. And was waiting. Maybe. It. Yeah. But it's also, like I said, you, they're like, yeah, put more weight in your sled. There's nothing that says you can't put things in your sled to make it heavy. Hmm. Excuse me. Um, but he does that and then Doris finds out. I will say one thing I do I, I was like, oh yeah, there's a scene where he falls out with the coach and he doesn't. I was something I made up in my head. Some I think it effect. was it may have been the 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 moment where his ex teammate is kind of educating Doris that yeah. Blitzer cheated. And so I think it could have gone away where Doris like held a grudge or whatever and he kind of just sits on the information and then asks Irv Blitzer about it in this moment you're talking about. Irv Blitzer is a great Ex athlete sports name, yeah, coach name, right? Yeah, um, but yeah, he says, Why why did you do that? He's like, Because I, I was addicted to winning. He's like, I once I won, I realized I had to keep winning. Yeah, when you make your whole life about winning, uh, make your whole life about winning, mm-hmm. and that's when he kind of explains to Doris. I don't know if he says this explicitly, but it's like, You don't make it about you make it about competing, you make it about doing the thing, not well, winning the, the medal. He goes, Because if you're if you're if if that's all you are with the medals. You're nothing without the medals. Mm-hmm. And I think that changed the ending a little bit for me, like remembering that spot and thinking about yeah. it. Um, because that was the thing. The thing is they crash and it's like, we got to get across that finish line. Not, not we're done. We didn't win. It's like, we got to yeah. go because that's the other thing in this movie. It's kind of implied that if they get a good time, they could place, they yeah. could get a medal. And at the time, apparently they were like 31st. Mm-hmm. And I read that like they would have they would have had to beat a astronomically earth shattering world record of forty eight seconds in order to get the bronze. Yeah. So it was like when they crashed, and it was just mm-hmm. like, oh, that wasn't happening. But everyone was just still rooting for him. Yeah. Um, well, and I think there's that. I think a lot of sports stories, whenever there's an underdog, and that's essentially yeah this is a huge underdog yeah, story, which yeah. are my favorite sports stories yeah and we're gonna find that out doing these disney sports ones yeah uh something else that was a difference that i don't think we mentioned at the top was in the film 
the trials for the sprinters for the Summer Olympics is November of 87, and then they go to the Winter Olympics in February of 88. Yeah. That's not how it happened in real life. They had years to train versus months to train. Not not a huge amount of time, but two to three years, I think right? it was, well, I think, yeah, it was 86 when they started coming up with this idea. So it wasn't the full, So it like, wasn't the whatever. full amount of time, but, but it, was it was longer than three, than three months. months. Yeah. They weren't learning uh, how to do it as they got there. Um, yeah. The other th- I will say that was true. They did talk about that. Like the first time they were on ice was in Calgary. They went early and were teaching them like, here's how to run on ice. Yeah. Which those scenes, I, I just love the fish out of water story of them. Like, <laughs> but they also, they don't just make them look like doofuses because they get there and they're trying to teach them to walk on ice and they're all falling. And then they go, we got to get off the ice before the hockey team practices and it's the russian hockey team yeah and yule just clocks that guy i know he's so confident and then he falls when (laughs) he he walks away um yeah i i i there's a lot of that stuff have we have we covered most of the differences do we want to start talking about the things in the actual movie that we really enjoyed sure yeah we can do i think we i think we did um i had another question that i didn't know if you could look up how fast does a bobsled go how fast does a bobsled go well i'm gonna assume that the four man goes uh, the four man goes slower than the two man, which from my my research I can't get this exactly. It looks like maybe the, I think the Jamaican bobsled team competes more in the two man now than they do in the four man. Hmm. Um, but I know I I just know this because of a video I saw recently. I've been watching. There's this uh, Charlie Bren Brennan Burnins. He's a Wisconsin comedian who does a big bit about being from Wisconsin. He does this whole thing where they took him to the Olympic luge and they let him do it. And he's trying to be a character and not curse as he's going 90 miles an hour down the luge thing. Because that's his joke is Wisconsin's, they say, oh, cripes, oh, Jiminy. Like they say stuff like that. And he starts off doing that. It's like, oh, Jiminy, oh, geez, oh, cripes. And he's like, oh, and then it just starts going bleep and bleep as he's going like 90 miles an hour. How fast do bobsleds go? At speeds exceeding 90 miles an oh hour, bobsledding is not for the faint of heart. Alongside luge and skeleton, bobsled is one of three sledding sports that gives the Winter Olympics the reputation of being relatively dangerous compared to the Ooh, Summer Olympics. So fast. Aye, 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 aye. Uh, and it looks like in the two-man event this year, I think they came in 30 out of 30th. Uh, like 30th out of 30. Four-man bobsleds can attain speeds of, of uh, 93 miles an hour. Mm. The International Bobsled and Skeleton Federation said bobsleds could reach up to 93.2. So that must be the... Fa- oh, one in Vancouver was clocked at 95. Oh months. my gosh. That's so fast. <laughs> like, I'm thinking about going that fast in a car and it's like making me nervous. Yeah, yeah. It's so, so Let alone so fast. something that you can't, like, well, stop. They it, don't really talk much about Sanka. Sanka is the, the is brake, brake man. man. They don't really talk about, like, what his... What he, they don't show him braking ever. But I do think they... They let you know how it feels to be going that fast when Senka is screaming the first time that he, they push start them in Calgary. Yes. Uh, I didn't hear this. And this is something if you're watching at home and you listen for. Apparently when the Swiss team goes, they play the sound of a TIE fighter from Star Wars. Oh, as it really? Goes by. And I thought I tried to listen for it, but I couldn't hear it. I think I kind of forgot when it happened. Huh. But another, just put out there. Another thing to look out for that uh, once I saw it, I can't unsee it. Is when oh, this you caught this? You didn't look this up. Are you talking about? Yeah, the, I've yeah. caught it from many years ago. So it's something I've I've seen before. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. When they are qualifying, so before they're like officially in the Olympics, they have to qualify because they've never done a race up into this point. 
And so when they zoom in, they at this point, they have the rickety old sled that's still like the metal color. It hasn't been painted yet. But they have the nice, um, like, track suity. They're not track suits, but they're like the spandex. Yeah, I don't I know what, what you call that. Spandex it's not a track onesie. Suit, so onesie. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah or something. Uh, so they have those, but the sled is still like silvery gray. And when they zoom in, <laughs> silvery gray is really like complimentary. It's it's, yeah. it's dull. <laughs> when they zoom in, the sled is painted the colors. So they're like reusing they're reusing, shots, yeah. yeah, they're reusing shots. So that's just something to look out for. And I'm sorry if I ruined it for you. <laughs> Do you know who originally they wanted in this movie, and they reached out to, but they both turned it down because of pay. Who they wanted Denzel Washington to play Doris hmm. and Eddie Murphy to play Sanka. Oh, I'm so happy Dougie Doug was... I mean, I think that it becomes a Denzel Washington or an Eddie yeah, Murphy movie. Yeah, I kind movie. of like and, that. Yeah. I enjoy who who is in each of the roles. And you looked up something about John Candy as well with his pay. He, like, sought the role. They originally... They, they reached out to Kurt Russell. And then they, they had written it. Apparently, they wanted John Candy at one point. But then some executive said Kurt Russell. And John Candy said, I'll do it for a pay cut. Yeah. And this is actually John Candy's last movie to release while he was still alive. After this, he still had Canadian Bacon and Wagons East, which came out after he passed. So, yeah, the film came out in 1993. John Candy passes in 94. Mm -hmm. Um, But one uh, other person who auditioned for the movie and wasn't thing was hip-hop legend Tupac Shakur. So I think that's interesting. Do you know uh, a couple... I wrote this in there, but I want to... 42 minutes into the film is apparently where the TIE fighter sound can be heard. Uh, well, we could go back and just like fast forward and see <laughs> if we can hear it after this. So this movie, sometimes when you release in other countries, names don't mean anything. So they change the names. So. Uh, it means something in the movie. Cool Runnings means peace be the journey. But it doesn't mean in other languages. So for example, oh, in I France, see what you're saying. <laughs> in France, it was called uh, Rasta Rocket was the name of the oh, movie. Oh, that was is... the name of uh, Sanka's pushcart. Yep. And I'll give you a million dollars if you can guess what it was called in Norway, what it translated to. One million dollars. You know for a fact that I do not have. <laughs> no hint? Uh, the f- uh, It's the same amount of syllables as what's in there. Cold run fast? Close. Cold buttocks. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is 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 interesting. What were some of your favorite sh- spots from this? You have a like you have you told me you had a favorite scene. Is it the your favorite line is rise and shine? It's butt whipping time. I mean, I have so many favorite lines, but yeah, I I don't know. I have so many different parts of the movie. I love. I love the beginning. I oh, I I love the training montage. The training montage is great when, when Sanka they're in Cal- is, Calgary or when no, they're- when they're still in Jamaica. So when Sanka's in like the ice cream thing, like trying to get used to the cold. What was the name of it? it had a, it was like crazy. It was like crazy Larry or something <laughs> on the side of it. Uh, and I I love when they're training with the push cart, and uh, they finally get the time, and they crash into law enforcement at the bottom of the hill and they think that they're crazy. They, they think that they're lying to them about being a bobsled team. And then Irv comes running down the hill and he's like, you did it. Five, nine guys, five, <laughs> nine. Now get it back up the hill. Uh, and I also really like the relationship between Yule and junior because what happens is, is three out of the four. So it's Yule, Doris and Junior were all running to qualify in the, I believe it's the 100 meter mm-hmm. sprint. 
And Junior trips. He falls and trips the other two. And so that's why none of them are going to the Summer Olympics. So obviously he's not like welcome with open arms with Yule. He like doesn't want to be his teammate. And I do like... I love that scene, the pride, the power scene where he's like trying to oh, give right, Junior right. confidence. It's the, the like honky tonk bar with the line dancing. Um, <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of moments for Cal- me. Calgary lo- is apparently a, the very like Texas of Canada. Mm. Calgary, Alberta. Uh, I love when they're painting the sled, like when they're pol- like they're they're doing the sled, and then they get the notice about being disqualified, and they have to kind of go through all of that. Well, that's what I'm talking about with these Disney sports movies. Is I. You know, I don't want to say that they're like great moments in film because a lot of them are like this. I think this was very good, but like in general, Disney sports movies tend to be like it's like running a really good play in a football game. It's like if we run this play like nine out of ten times, it results in a at this time. Yeah, it's really good. So when you watch these movies, you know like things are going to go bad for the team, but then they're going to pull back, and then this mm-hmm. and this. Like you know what's going to happen, but. I like that flavor of movie, and I know you do too. Do you remember? Yes. This is one that we will definitely do on the show, The Invincible. Mm-hmm. The one that I gave you, I go, here's Invincible. And you're like, what is this? And I'm like, it's Mark Wahlberg, it's the Philadelphia Eagles, and it's a like underdog Disney it's sports like, movie. Check, check, and you're check. like, yes, yes, yes. And you watch <laughs> it, and sure enough, like, if you like those types of movies, a lot of these will always feel the same, like... You know, they'll go through the same things. And I think that's something we're going to talk about a lot when we do this quote-unquote yeah. series. Now, I've got a question. Yes. Can we add one that I don't think is Disney? What is it? Little Giants. <laughs> we'll do Little Giants. I like, love it's not Little Disney, Giants. But, uh, I love Ed O'Neill. I don't, I don't know Rick why Moranis. No, I know what Little Giants is. There's the one kid with a Darth Vader helmet. Yes. Like, <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, so those, but that's, you know, in the similar vein, it's, it's a different company trying to hit the same beats as yeah, like all yeah, the yeah. Disney stuff. Um, but I think it works. It works well here. But I do want to talk about something I think we'll see in a lot of these movies. And that's the um, foreign mustache twirling bad guy who almost always like comes around to respect them at the end. Yeah. And in this case, it's we've the got East German the driver. East German driver who is like, I don't know how to say this any other way, but he is as close as he can get in a Disney PG movie from using the N-word on these Jamaicans. He says Jamaican with like the venom and like just 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 poison of a of a racial slur. And like go back to Jamaica. Go back to Jamaica. Yeah. And it's supposed to be you don't belong here because you can't bobsled. And this movie kind of deals a lot with like racial tension because there's like Yule says like People don't understand. We're different. We're people different. Don't like people don't different. like different. Yeah. They're the only black people at the Winter Olympics in this movie. Like, that guy's East German. And like I said, he's basically like spitting after he says the word Jamaican. And then, yeah. then he's like, we'll see you next year. Yeah. Like, well, like, and he's the one who starts the slow clap. Yes. Which I hate. I mm-hmm. wish it was somebody else. Like, I kind of wish it was Junior's dad or. I wish it wasn't a slow clap where everyone's going. Yeah. Like, it's just been, like, an applause that started. But, like, yeah, I don't... But it could have been... They could have zoomed in on Junior's dad, or it could have been uh, Irv Blitzer's old coach. That guy. That's that guy. Like, um, yeah. I agree with you that... Arlo from Justified, it was which a little we need to watch Justified. Heavy-handed. It was a little heavy-handed that it was the East German who started the Yes. Class. And it, well, well, the other thing I want to bring up about him is there is one shot where they come up with their, like... I don't know what's happening. I think they're maybe singing their it's, song. Okay, so it's after... 
They do their first run. They have three runs. And they're doing it like the Swiss team and they do and, very badly. Yeah. And then they come together and that's when Sanka has that whole statement, let's, you know, let's do I'm, it like Jamaicans. we're Jamaican. Yeah, this is what we are. So, and I love that part too, where Irv hears them singing before he sees them coming. And it's so now, great. Now, did he have the colorful kind of floppy Jamaican hat or did Sanka hand it to him as he came up? I don't remember, but he has it. He yeah, has it Yeah, he puts it on. It on. Yeah. I like it. He's just been keeping it in his pocket. Yeah, but, but they're they singing and shot. they come up and the East German's the polishing East. the... He's polishing the thing. And he's halfway Sled. through a cigarette. Hanging out of Hanging, his mouth. Like when, like when Dan Aykroyd sees Slimer for the first time yeah. in Ghostbusters. It is, he's looking at it like, huh? And I'm like, first of all, you're not going to see a, a cigarette anymore. Uh, Disney movies like this. Second of all, why? He's supposed to be an Olympic athlete. And I he's think like, it was time for a, a villain. Back. It yeah. was a, a villain ad. <laughs> um, but what was your favorite moment? I mean, I didn't really have one. Per- I love the movie. I mean, so. I think going back, like, I think a lot of things are funny. I like the bit where he's showing them the the bobsled, the old bobsled footage, and they're trying to get people to join. And it's like everyone, there's all these crashes. And the thing I like about it is, John Candy's like, oh, that's got to hurt. Like, he doesn't care. He's like, oh, I've seen all this before. He's like, you don't break your bones in the bobsled. They shatter. And then the yeah. lights come on and everyone's gone. Well, and it says so many died in Bob Cousled <laughs> yeah, crash. Like the the of, end the, of the... The name of the film is like <laughs> deaths of bobs- yeah, bobsledders. But I wonder, too, in that storyline, if he showed that footage on purpose so they wouldn't have a team. Because he begrudgingly says, sure, I'll be your coach. I mean, maybe it's not to not have a team, but it's like... To be like, this is <laughs> Like, look, I, I don't, don't want to have a team if I don't have four people who really want to do it, right? Yeah. But I, just, I like that scene. I, you know my favorite scene is when there's a little shot when they're all in the bathtub practicing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why I find that very funny because I think they're all wearing football. I don't think they're wearing their helmets. They're wearing like football helmets and stuff. Maybe, but they're wearing like track suits and whatever too. They're just like loungewear. It's, it's, yeah, it's not their uniform. Because it's in their hotel room. And it's just them all in a bathtub practicing and like moving their heads and doing mm-hmm. everything. And I really like that because it's like – one of the things I like about this is like – we don't have the, – the thing that's interesting to me, and this is something I think in a lot of these movies, we don't have the money. We don't have the funds. What can we do? And then by the end, they get like, you know, not even a nice bobsled, but they paint. They get a good paint job. They've got mm-hmm. the really nice outfits like that. But I like when it's like, we want to do this, but we don't have anything. I think it's the creative, like, how do we practice and stuff is fun. Mm-hmm. Um I like Dougie Doug a whole lot. He's, he's the funniest character in it. I yeah. love that. John Candy keeps punching his his helmet because his, his helmet won't go down yeah. over his dreadlocks. Mm-hmm. I liked it. This is probably one of my favorite. You know, I think that the other ones I like that we're going to end up probably doing are more of the. This is probably my fun, my favorite of like the comedy ones. I like this better than Mighty Ducks. I like this better than the other ones. Yeah. Um. It. it I, now I like the real. Like I love Miracle. I mm-hmm. love the Winter Olympics. You talk, You asked me this during this if I'd ever want to go to Olympics. I think it'd be a Winter Olympics. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that I really would. I'd almost rather like I want to go to Wisconsin while the Winter Olympics are in Calgary and just find out like a Winter Olympics or you, bar. I, yeah, I mean there are. <laughs> I don't know enough, but you could probably also go to like try like the one the events. The where trials. they qualify yeah, yeah, yeah. to go to the Olympics. That could be something that's like, I don't know if those are open to the public or not. Though. But I feel like if you just took me to a hockey game, I'd be happy too. Mm. <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. Um, anything else we want to say about this? I think we're getting towards the end here. It's 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 wonderful. I know we didn't really talk about the the story, but go check it out. And and I think we talked about it a lot with the, the actual 
like this is the stuff I didn't know going into this. I've seen yeah, this a bunch of times. Same, and, and I th- I think for anyone out there who knows the the movie, I hope you've enjoyed what we kind of uncovered as well. Um, and if you've not seen the movie. You need to just turn this off and go watch it because it's so good. Well, we're almost to the end. Don't turn it off yet. Don't turn it <laughs> off yet. We're almost done. So, yeah, next time uh, we'll probably do one of the more serious ones. Hope you guys enjoyed this one, but uh, we'll see you next time. Take care, listeners. Thanks for listening to Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. If you want to tell us your favorite Disney villain and why it's guest on, send us an email at trprincessdiaries at gmail.com. Or you can send a tweet about how great Maleficent is to at trpdiaries. Check out our Facebook group by searching for Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, and many more. Wherever you hear us, please be our knight in shining armor and give us a five-star review. Thanks again, and until next time, remember to always live happily ever after. Uh-huh.